What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning into the show. This is a Storytime series on the MK Journal podcast. Enjoy. Good morning, everybody. It is December 3rd. And, uh, excuse me. I've got a sneeze I feel coming up. Sorry, excuse me about that. Um, it is 3.30 in the morning, uh, a, little bit, a little bit earlier than you guys normally used to be recording, but it's been a while since we've made an episode. Uh, life's been really busy and kind of got tired of, of making episodes, to be honest, but uh, looking forward to bringing some new content here. I apologize for the noise. It's raining, so my windshield wipers are on. They're making a really loud noise. Um, but we're going to keep going. This is going to be story time number two. we got two nice little stories prepared for you guys. And uh, I'm just sharing with you guys. Hopefully you, hopefully you guys enjoy. Sorry if I am sniffing a lot. i got a little bit of a runny nose. Well, let's go ahead and start. Um, first story is back in the Philippines again. Um, I'm going to start off with one of one of my youngest memories. Well, not the youngest, but really young, young memories. We had a lady who lived with us and kind of was like our nanny. Um, my mother had uh, led her to the Lord when she was 12. Um, and she came to live with us uh, at some point when she was in high school she came to live with us and we pretty much uh, let her live with us paid for her food everything paid for her school all that jazz so so she's been living with us and we're very close she's she's like family and still is considered today uh, really like family and I consider her, you know, a big sister to me. Anyway, she, uh, we had just come back from a trip to a different, from a different island. And whenever we went to this other island, we would always buy toys. I was maybe six or seven at the time. Not quite sure, but around there, just maybe first or second grade. So my brother's. Tim and Steven, they didn't really get along with her very well, our nanny. So they wanted to to prank her uh, just to kind of get back at her. They loved her, but you know how it is when you're a kid. You don't realize how good you have it. Anyway, uh, so they, they end up buying this giant toy lizard. It doesn't move or anything like that. It's just very realistic looking giant toy lizard no our nanny is deathly afraid of snakes very afraid of snakes just terrified of snakes um, so what uh, my brother did was he buys this this giant lizard okay it looked like a uh, uh, what would you call it like a Komodo dragon basically it's kind of how big it was kind of like that kind of big a lizard and he puts it underneath her bed but just enough to where the head is kind of sticking out. So when she first opens her door, and her bed's right there on the right side, right by the door, 
all she'll see is this little head peeking out. So my brother puts it underneath her bed and we just kind of wait. And I can't remember if it was hours or how soon after he put it there, she came home from school and she goes into her room and all of a sudden all you hear is this very blood curdling yeah just ah just crazy I'm not gonna yell because I don't want to hurt you guys eardrums um but she just yells at the top of her lungs she's screaming just freaks out right and she was so convinced that it was a snake that she literally kind of had a panic attack came into the house just crying sniffing shaking because she was so scared my parents are like, what in the world just happened? I don't think we they knew that my brothers had put the, the lizard underneath her bed. So my brothers rush out and tell her, hey, you know, it's a joke. It's fake. You know, you don't have to worry about anything. But she was so scared. Like, she thought there was this giant snake in her room when she went inside and saw it. She, she literally was probably shivering and, and, and crying and just just co- like probably you know probably does PTSD to this day we're just completely scared uh, and and my two brothers you know what they thought was going to be so funny ended up feeling really bad because they just scared the fire out of our nanny um, and, and to this day they still feel really bad about it just because they didn't think that she was gonna take it that bad they just thought she was gonna yell and you know think be, be scared and then be over it but no she she they freaked her out really bad so that's one of our famous family stories that we have in our in our family just one that we bring up from time to time just to kind of laugh at because it's good to, it's all good memories now you know and our nanny doesn't harbor any bad feelings about it she laughs about it now and just kind of enjoy the memories um so that's the first story the second story is when i was older okay i was probably around 17 at the time i went down to one of the cities the bulldog city this is the same city where we had that that one story that i just told you about happened um we had we had moved from there to go to davao city which was probably around 18 hour drive away um, to take over a church there. It wasn't the initial plan to take over the church, but God just kind of works it out to where we took over a church. So we had been over in Davao City for a couple years now, um, probably around six years now. And a good friend of mine, one of my best friends, Reed Rice, he was turning 18. Well, his, uh, his dad was hosting a preacher's conference down there in Depolo. So my dad and, and I, we go down, we go down there and, and the plan is to attend this preacher's conference and then me, my dad, Reed, his dad, and then another friend or close to our age and then his, his dad, also missionaries. We're going to spend a couple of days just kind of doing some fun adventures and, uh, celebrating Reed's birthday. Anyway, so we go down to the Bullock and we're, we're at this preacher's conference. Well, the first day 
we're just, I'm just going with Reed and our other friend whose name is Gideon. He's probably around 15, 16 at this time. Probably 15. Um, so we're kind of just going down memory lane, going to the old stomper grounds where we used to live and seeing how everything's changed now. Because it probably been a good, like I said, five, six years since I'd been there. So I was just going down memory lane and kind of seeing what had changed, seeing what the houses that we had stayed in, whether they were still up or down, been torn down or whatever. And we're kind of on the way back. We've we've already kind of toured the the neighborhood that I used to live in. And I see these group of guys, probably around 40 40 dudes in this little um, area, just kind of together, just, you know, bunched together in a group. And I was a little curious, and I asked Reed, I said, what do you think is going on there? And he said, oh, it's, it's a cockfight. It's a, uh, you know, they're fighting fighting roosters. Um, so, which in the, in, the, in the Philippines is legal. So, I was like, man, I've never actually watched a cockfight go on before. So, I was like, let's go watch. So, we go down, and, and we don't know any of these people. Probably 40 dudes that we've never met before, okay? And we're just a bunch of teenagers, a bunch of white teenagers, except for Reed, he's Japanese. Um, but, you know, a bunch of foreigners, and, and in the Philippines, if you're a foreigner, you're rich. So, foreigners get kidnapped every once in a while for money. So, we go we go to this crowd, and Reed kind of whispers to, to my in my ear before we get there, keep an eye on your wallet, make sure your wallet's safe, make sure you don't get, your wallet doesn't get stolen. So, I was like, okay. So we walk through the middle of the crowd. Everybody's going, hey, Joe, you know, hey, American, what's up? You know, just trying to show off about what four words of English did, that they knew. And we get to the middle where they had this corral built and there was a dead rooster inside. And I kind of asked, hey, is the fight over? And said, yeah. So, so when's the next fight? So oh, probably in a minute or two. So they're preparing for the next fight. Well, it, it's we stayed there probably five minutes, and, I, and the longer we stayed there, I started getting nervous. It was like, man, these, I don't know these people, and I don't know, you know, they might, they might be stalling for time to make a plan B, you know, maybe take one of us. So I, I wasn't feeling very, very confident at this point, and was just kind of nervous about it. So I go over to Reed. I said, no, you know, let's go. It's taking too long. Um, so we leave, and they're like, hey, stay, watch the fight, you know, whatever. So, um, just to kind of get out there, get out of there as fast as we can, we kind of went through where all these guys had parked their motorcycles. Okay. So we get to the very end and you kind of, the motorcycles are, are, are bunched together to where we had to step over the backs of them. So Reed steps over, nothing happens. I step over, nothing happens. And then Gideon steps over and all all of a sudden you hear a snap. And we look back, and what happened was he had snapped the plastic part that holds up the license plate on the on the last motorcycle. He broke it. It wasn't just like the license plate came out. No, he, he broke the thing. You know, they were going to have to re- completely replace that part. Well, at that point, we just kind of panicked. So Reed just kind of looks at me and go and yells run so me and Marie take off and Gideon you know we kind of leave him in the dust but you know he's, he's fast running too so he kind of catches up with us we start running all all we hear are people yelling hey get back here hey you kids uh, you know just kind of yelling at us 
you know, we just completely ignore it. We, we thought that they were all chasing us, you know, because Gideon had broken one of the motorcycles. And luckily, there was a, uh, a little, um, what we call tricycab, which is basically a motorcycle that has a little um, sidecar attached to it that uh, could probably carry around four people in the sidecar. So we yelled it down said to, you know we got in and we just basically yelled drive 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 so he takes off you know we look back there i guess the guys had given up they didn't they didn't chase us very far down the road but our hearts were pumping racing you know just we were terrified we thought they were they were going to beat us up and everything and we just kind of looked at Gideon and said, you idiot, why, why are you the one that had to break the stupid motorcycle? We we were just fine, and you had to break the motorcycle. Our hearts were pumping. We, we got back to church safe and sound, you know, and ended up having a really memorable trip with them. So uh, that's where I'm going to end it today, just kind of giving you a couple more stories. We're going to definitely do some more stories here soon. We're going to kick up the, the podcast here again start posting some more, um, episodes, uh, maybe not every day just cause it's kind of taxing. I've kind of figured that out. Um, but definitely at least once a week, maybe more than that. Um, so I hope you guys enjoy the stories. Uh, make sure you guys like the episode, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends and I hope you guys have a wonderful day. All right. God bless. Hey, I'd just like to thank you for listening in today to the episode. It really means a lot to me that you would listen. Before you go, I'd just like to share with you the Bible way to get to heaven. In Romans 23, it says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. No one is good enough to go to heaven, my friend. No matter how much good we do, we still fall short. That's the condition that we're in. In Romans 6.23, it says, For the wages of sin is death. Just as there are wages for good, there is punishment for wrong. The penalty for our sin is eternal separation from God in hell. That's the penalty that we need to realize that we have to pay for our sin. But there's pause, there's, there's a good thing, is that there's good news. In Romans 5, 8 says, But God commended his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ's great love for us was shown when he died on the cross and rose again from the dead to pay our sin debt. All you have to do is trust God, trust Jesus Christ alone as your Savior. In Romans 6.23 it says, But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And in Romans 10.23 it says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Everlasting life is a gift purchased by the blood of Jesus and offered freely to those who call upon him by faith. You have to realize that you're a sinner. Realize that the penalty for your sin is death and believe that Christ died and rose again for you and trust Christ alone as your savior. That is the only way you can get to heaven. Now, if you'd like to make today the day that you accept Christ as your savior, bow your head, and pray. Realize that praying will not get you heaven. Praying is just a way to communicate with God and to show him and to tell him that you realize that you're a sinner and you're asking him to save you. 
Bow your head, close your eyes, and pray. Dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. Please forgive me for my sins. I now trust you as my personal Savior. Please come into my heart and save my soul from hell and take me to heaven when I die. Thank you for saving me, Jesus. Amen. My friend, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it, I have good news. Now we are family through Jesus Christ. If you got saved by listening to this podcast and and praying that prayer and by these verses that I showed you, I'd like you to reach out to me and let me know. It would mean a lot. Again, I hope everybody has a great day. Thank you again for tuning into the podcast. Have a wonderful day. Stay blessed.